the 905s, whoever you are, this is Schwa Wars. Hello everyone, my name is Adam Hayes, and on this week's special episode, we dive right back into the world of Ontario Independent Wrestling as we hear from 11 different individuals telling some amazing and crazy road stories that have happened to them throughout their career. So let's not waste any more time, let's jump right into our first set of road stories coming to us from Taylor Kane Dean, Joe Attell, B-Machine, and the Canadian bad boy, Tyler Hill. So this is a little story about how chaotic wrestling can be. Sometimes getting places and leaving things behind and always constantly being in a rush at times. So um, it was around October of 2017 when I was still promoting and booking for Courage Pro Wrestling. And we had a show going on, of course, that started at about 4 p.m. in Hamilton. And... Uh, thing was, uh, I was going into a match with Cody Diener. I was really excited about it and kind of nervous and everything like that. So, uh, yeah, there was that going on in my head. And uh, I was rushing off to get to the show. And little did everybody know, I personally bought all of the snacks and food items that we would sell there. So I would have to pack all of this stuff up into the car before every show along with my gear and whatnot or whatever camera whatever and so i get to the show and everything's going fine everybody's arriving and then just after we have like the uh kind of pre-production meeting i realize that i forgot my gear <laughs> and my gear is in brampton which is about a 45 minute drive an hour if there's bad traffic on a good day so I decided to myself that I have to go back and get my gear. So I make the trip to Brampton and back. It <laughs> somehow made it just as the show was starting and um, was able to get dressed, hurried up. And finally, by the time my music hit, I was able to make it out there, cut the promo, match went off without a hitch and everything went fine. But that was probably the most nerve wracking hour and a half of my life. And just, you know, nice little story. So there you go. And uh, hope it's good use. Take care. Hey, Adam. It's Indestructible Joey Toe. Uh, funny story I could think of is um, I started training around January 2005 in Long Island under Mikey Whipwreck in the uh, NYMC school. And after the, know, my second week, they were having a show and uh, our students were expected to... Uh, Go and help set up. So uh, me and my friend Oscar, Mikey sent us to the back to get some chairs. And the closet's open and there's like a crash pad sticking out and someone's feet. And um, Oscar's like, what, is someone sleeping in here? And throws something at the guy. And then um, the guy wakes up and it was Marty Gennetti. He wasn't mad or anything, but it was just interesting. That was my first time I met like a major name besides Mikey Whipwreck. Hey guys, my name is Josh Kelly, aka B Machine. Uh, back in 2011, I believe it was in August, um, I was touring a lot and doing a lot of shows with Bushwhacker Luke. So when I was the B Machine, Bushwhacker and I we used to uh, we used to share hotel rooms and things like that. And him and I got pretty close, and uh, we went to do the show with CWI. Um, I think this particular show might have been Harbor Station, but anyway, the uh, the Nasty Boys showed up, and. Uh, I can't remember which one it was, but anyway, one of them, one of them grabbed their bags and threw it on the floor and, and looked over at me and said, "Hey kid, pick up my bags." And right before I was about to tell him off and likely end my own career, 
Bushwhacker Luke decided to step in. He's like, hey, mate, you can't and say that, mate, la, la. And he starts freaking out and losing it on the guy. And uh, anyway, till this day, I got to thank you, Luke, because I, uh, I would have been eating my words that night for sure. Hey, this is the Canadian bad boy Tyler Hill here. Uh, one of my favorite road stories would have to be back in the day, I would say about 10 years ago or so, um, I don't know if anybody remembers who CK Sex is or not, but we had this game going around on tour where uh, who it was a bag tagging game and who could hit who at different times. and it, 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 it was just all out of fun. And I remember CK had this thing where he always said he's never gone down off a nut shot. Well, I took that and I, I was going to put this guy down. So we we're in a supermarket and I came walking around uh, one of the produce section and I hit him with a hard uppercut right, right in the nuts. He drops to one knee. He had a metal, like a, a chain style choker necklace on. And this thing shattered off his neck into about six pieces. He's hurt and he looks at me dead in the eye and goes, that doesn't count as down. <laughs> I'll never forget that I thought that guy was a savage. Anyways, I think that's one of my most favorite road stories. All right, that was some amazing stories, of course, that you heard right there. Before we get into our next set of stories, let's hear from one of our special sponsors. Want pro wrestling action in your home? Trying to get a laugh at the expense of SOS, and he paid for it. Witness the best in the Ontario Independence, featuring champion Alessandro Del Bruno. I have eclipsed every past champion and their ring. See, Pretty Ricky. Me and Easy E. Eric Carney used to win those NSW Tag Team Championships. Mark Wheeler. One shot, one kill. And more. New School of Wrestling presents Overload. New episodes. Friday nights, 10 p.m. You know who we are? We're the Gnarly Boys. www.youtube.com forward slash New School Wrestling. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Let's hear some more crazy road stories, this time coming from Amy Crimson, Travis Moore, and Kung Fu, Logan Savage. Crimson Squad, so I was asked to give you my funniest road trip stories. So my funniest road trip story was when I was going back from Russell Junction, Andrew McRae's um, wrestling company, and I was road tripping with Tino, B, Frank the Tank, and Sexy Stan. And this was a funny road trip. It was one of the funniest I've had. And he had to stop and go to the dollar store. So we all followed him, pretending like we were his kids. And then there was this old Italian man and we were basically super kicking each other, selling each other's moves and everything. And it was funny, it was hilarious. And the Italian man's like, Madame, what's wrong with you people? And then Tino was so cheesed. And it was like one of the funniest road trip stories I actually had. And I'm gonna be, a, it's basically one of the ones I remember forever. And I think if you guys want to like road trip with Tino, he's the one you guys should because that was so fun. And that's it, Crimson Squad. That was my funniest road trip story. Hey there, it's uh, Travis Moore. Um, here's a story about um, a bad snowstorm with a bad driver. Um, the bad driver is Rip Impact. Sorry, Rip. Um, so it was January 18th. Uh, 2020, so right before all this started. It was my first match back after a concussion, and uh, it was a really bad snowstorm. It was for MWO and Welland, and it was me versus Rip. Uh, so I took the 
truck with him with the ring and uh it's me and caleb in there and it was a very bad blizzard and basically when we were sitting in the car we're such a i would like to say a bad driver he is but at the same time like he's gotten better um we just wouldn't look at the road we uh <laughs> we uh spent the whole time folding my shirts that came out at that time um and we didn't look at the road i wouldn't say until we got into welland and that's just because we were done with the shirts and we couldn't figure out what else did not cause us to look at the road or anything but uh we got there on time and uh I was pretty terrified at the time, just because of the snow, if anything. A lot of people were late to um, the show, I would say, because of the uh, snowstorm. But yeah, that's my story. Uh, thank you for having me, Adam. I hope to talk to you soon. I forgot one more thing. Um, when we got to the venue, Rip was trying to back the truck up and onto the... Uh, what's it called, the, uh, by the doors. And um, when he's backing up, he ended up hitting the venue and smashing one of the trailer uh, lights. So yeah, that's a little further into Rip's driving. Uh, love you, Rip. Um, but thank you for having me. I hope everyone is staying safe and I hope to talk to everyone soon enough. Peace, this has been Travis Moore. Hey everybody, this is Logan Savage. In about 2008-2009, myself, Steve Brown, Ethan Page, and Joey Kings, we all went down to Detroit to wrestle for Clash Wrestling. I drove down there in my minivan. And when we got down there, we wrestled the show. The show went very smooth everybody that uh wrestled on the show were was really cool and we got along with them uh the owners of clash was this young married couple and they invited us all to a house party at their place and i was just like fuck yeah an old school house party let's do it i'm in i want to go get some beers we're gonna, we're gonna have a good time tonight, right? So we go to their house. You know, it's a, it's a regular size house, but it looks like a, like a frat house almost because they would have wrestlers sleep there. Uh, you know, wrestlers they would book or whatever, they would sleep there. We didn't actually sleep there, we slept somewhere else. So we're having a good time. We're drinking. Well, I'm drinking. Uh, Kings and Brown, they weren't drinking. And I'm not sure if Ethan Page drank or not. But we're having a good time. And we went down to the basement. And in the basement, uh, it was unfinished. And the walls were painted black. And they had like this ping pong table set up with beer, uh, beer pong game going on. And uh, I, I got into the beer pong game. And I clearly lost a few rounds because... By the end of beer pong, I was pretty toasty. I didn't eat pretty much all day. And um, 
I was drinking pretty fast. So I got drunk like quick to the point where I had my shirt off and I'm dancing with girls and I'm taking pictures with these girls and guys and we're just having a good time, right? Uh, most of the guys started taking off their shirts and we're all like ah, freaking out and drinking and being real drunk morons. Anyways, I'm, I'm like joking around with uh, this one guy, Jay Miller. You know, he's from the States. I'm from Canada. We're making fun of each other back and forth, blah, blah, blah. We go upstairs to the second floor. If you go through this window, you're on like the back part of the house on like a, a roof. So like a, a back extension roof thing. And we're just like fucking screaming at people out in the backyard. You know, they had a little fire pit. So, you know, uh, Brown and Kings and and uh, and Paige are down there. I'm screaming at them from the roof and just like being a real drunk moron. But Jay Miller dares me to jump through the uh, the window on the second floor. And I'm like thinking, ah, fuck, I can do that. That's no problem. Now, if I wasn't drunk, I probably wouldn't do it because, you know, being Canadian, uh, you know, we have we have free health care. <laughs> and me being in the States, I was thinking, fuck, if I get hurt, I got to go to like a hospital in the States. Holy shit. How much would that cost? Anyways, I'm drunk, so I'm doing it. I do it. It's no problem. I jump through the window and there's a mattress on the inside of the window. I guess where they had one of the wrestlers sleeping there the night before. Uh, I made it. It's no problem. I started laughing. Jay Miller, I think he might have tried it or whatever. I can't remember. But I, I go downstairs to the backyard. And at this point, Steve and uh, Joey Kings come back from a White Castle run. And um, <clears throat> I was feeling hungry. So I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm hungry. I could use one of those White Castle burgers. They give me a little slider. And I was like, oh, man, I'm so fucking hungry. We should go to White Castle, blah, blah, blah. We're talking about White Castle. And then Jay Miller is still on that back roof going, oh, savage, savage. And so I walk up to him. I go, hey, Jay, why don't you jump? I'll catch you. And before I can even say, ah, oh, no, I'm just joking. Jay Miller is airborne through the air, jumping and I'm like, holy shit, this guy's fucking jumping. And I'm nowhere like close to the spot where I got to be to catch him. I'm like totally nowhere near the spot I need to be to catch him. So I run, you know, dive to catch him. And it was like the last second before he dropped to the, to the ground, I caught him. But it was too late. The momentum of his body smacked on the ground. And I'm like, oh, fuck, this dude's dead. Or we're going to the hospital or something, you know? He must have gotten the, the wind knocked out of him. And, like, as he fell, everybody was like, oh, like, just gasped. Shit, what the fuck? But it took, like, a, a few seconds and he caught his... His wind, he's, he, you know, he caught his breath 
And he started laughing and everybody was like, oh, just sighed like a relief, a sigh of relief. I was like, shit, man, what the fuck? I had a heart attack. But I was just like blown away. This guy just jumped off the roof and I barely caught him. He could have died or broke something. Thank God he didn't land on his head or anything. He fell on his back. So it, it was kind of safe. But it was it just blew me away. I mean, we were just drunk morons that night. Um, anyways, that happened. That was crazy. Then I was still hungry. And like, I was having a good time. I didn't want to leave. Because when I'm drunk, I'm... I don't get angry or anything like that. I like to have a good time. I'm like fun savage, you know? So I'm having a good time, but at the same time, I'm fucking hungry. So I I say to the guys, let's go to White Castle. But we, we all jump into the van and they don't know, they don't remember where White Castle was. They're, they're not from the, the States. They're not from Detroit, that part of Detroit. So they don't know where White Castle is. They're like, damn, Savage, we don't know where White Castle is, but we know where a McDonald's is. Fuck yeah, McDonald's. Let's go to McDonald's, right? So I'm in like the middle seat of my minivan while Joey Kings is driving. And I don't know where the other guys are because... I'm sitting there with no shirt on, skullet, and a lemmy beard, looking like a real drunk moron, kind of almost passing out. Like, I'm starting to black out a little bit. So, every once in a while, I'm like, fuck, we gotta, I gotta get some food in me. I gotta get some food in me. They find the McDonald's. They drive into the, the drive-thru. And they start ordering. They're like, Savage, what do you what do you want to eat? I'm like, I want a Big Mac, fries, milkshake. They do the order. The girl on the other end is like, sorry, sir. The ice cream machine is out of service. I fucking freak out because I'm drunk, I'm hungry, I'm hangry. And I whip open the side door to my van. I jump out. There's people in the line. I got no shirt on. I got a skullet, lemmy beard, real drunk asshole look going on, right? I start berating the McDonald's girl through the little speaker thing. How dare you not have you're fucking this blah 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 just going off like like a crazy person people are beeping all the guys in the van are laughing they're fucking dying i think people are i think somebody's pulling me back into the van like i'm so drunk and crazed that i don't even remember if i got my food or if we just drove off i have no idea because i probably fell asleep immediately but yeah that 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 was a crazy night i mean that was like by the time that night ended it was like three four in the morning and i was drunk and hungry and i'm not sure if i got my mcdonald's or not but yeah man 
that was our uh, one of our trips to Detroit uh, to wrestle for Clash. So there you go. All right, another big special thank you to those individuals who submitted some amazing and crazy road stories here for the podcast here at Schwa Wars. And again, if you like what you hear, definitely go back into the archives. We also did our previous episode of Crazy Road Stories that you can find over at anchor.fm slash podcast. And of course, make sure you find us on facebook.com slash and on Instagram using the handle schwawars, S-H-W-A, wars and of course let's go to one final commercial break before we go into our last set of crazy road stories hi there guys my name is justin gilmet but i'm also known as gilmy where most places i go i do a podcast called gilmy talks it's all about talking to interesting people and having a good time while doing it i have been interviewing people all the way back in 2016 yes i know i'm old but in that time i have talked to some great people and why don't join me on the on the ride and i just want to say thank you very much to adam hayes for letting me on his show thanks guys and hopefully i talk to you soon all right ladies and gentlemen we are back one more time for some amazing and crazy road stories so let's end it off with a bang here let's finish it off with Ilian habanero freedom wallace ryan knight and randy bino Cuba, it's me, Elian Habanero here, and we're talking road stories on the podcast today. So uh, here's one that came to my mind. Back in about, uh, it was around 2002, 2003, and it was my first time wrestling in the States. Uh, so we were going down to Buffalo for a show. Back then, crossing the border wasn't, you didn't need a passport. I literally had my birth certificate and an old expired learner's license from British Columbia. So, um... There's four of us in the car, so it just kind of helps with the story a little bit. There's Lance Malibu, who's like a big, jacked-up, uh, muscly-type, surfer-looking kind kind of dude, and he's the driver. And then in the front with him is Lak Siddhartha, who's uh, from India, but he's like a big, jacked-up-looking, uh, mean-looking Indian guy. And then there's me and Fubio in the backseat. Fubio is uh, a gangster-type-looking guy from the mean streets of Chicago. And there's me, who looks like a young, like, 14-year-old punk, like, Spanish kid, right? So we get to the border, and they say, where are you going? And we're wearing our gear underneath, because we were saying that we were going to a wrestling show, I think, but we weren't, like, wrestling on it. We were just going to watch it, so we were, like, wearing our, like, I was wearing my boots and my pants underneath my other pants. So we get stopped at the border, and, um... You know, they're like, blah, 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 we're going to have to search your car. And they interviewed us all separately, not for very long, like just a quick thing, like where are you going, what, how do you know these guys kind of thing. And I think just ma- making sure our stories matched up, right? So I was getting worried because this took like over an hour and they searched the car and uh, I'm like, man, we're going to be late for the show. And, you know, I don't want this to be a problem if they don't let us across the border this time. It might be a hassle if I try to go again, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, eventually... They pull in Lance Malibu to meet with him because he's the driver. It's his car. And uh, so we're not privy to whatever this conversation was had. So he he comes to get us from, like, the waiting lounge area. And he's like, uh, all right, guys, let's go home. They're not letting us through. And we're like, oh, that sucks, man. So we're, like, all kind of, like, moaning and groaning because it was all of our first time wrestling. Well, maybe not Malibu, but the other three of us. First time wrestling in the States. So he starts driving 
and then he starts driving towards the states and i'm like well what are you doing i'm like aren't we supposed to be going back this way and he's like you know what he's like screw it let's just make a run for it and i'm like and i'm starting to panic i'm like no we're like we're gonna be fugitives like they're they're gonna they're gonna know your license plate and everything like that and and he's like no let's just go for it we'll be okay it's not that far of a drive and then we can park behind the building we'll be okay we'll be okay and i'm like freaking out like i'm like dude i'm i don't want any part of this like if if we get pulled over i'm gonna say like i i said no like i'm just panicking never been in this kind of situation before and uh so we didn't even get to the show it was probably like 20 minutes of me whining and complaining and bugging him and he was just like for pete's sakes alien it was just a rib he was like we got through like sh shut up <laughs> like and i'm like oh my god because i really thought we were like fugitives sneaking into the united states and what it turned out to be we found out later that the ring got stopped at the border so that's why they were already suspicious of anything wrestling because one of the guys had pot oil on them so the ring got turned around at the border so we had to wrestle in a boxing ring that day I don't know, I always just found that uh, funny. Even though it was at my expense, it was a pretty good rib. And uh, definitely a crazy memory from the first time wrestling in the United States. Hey, this is Freedom Wallace here to share a road story about my time in Puerto Rico wrestling for the Colognes. That in itself sounds like a funny story, but it's true. It was myself, my tag team partner, Bradford Montague, and our passenger in the back was Eli Drake, or now known as L.A. Knight. And we were there for four days, wrestled three shows in three different cities. And our third show on the third night was about two and a half hours outside of San Juan. So here I am in my rental car in Puerto Rico, driving around the streets where there are basically no rules of the road. And of course, the ride back in the darkness was a white knuckle, scary, traumatizing experience. Ultimately, we made it back safely, but as you can imagine, there was myself driving, knuckles white, Bradford Montague dozing off beside me in the passenger seat, and Eli Drake sound asleep in the back seat with Google Maps speaking Spanish. Hey, Schwal Wars Podcast. It's Ryan Knight from the Knights of the Squared Circle, and I've been asked to uh, provide a road story, so gave it some thought, and I think one of my favorite road stories of all time is my very first one. So when I first got involved in the wrestling scene, I didn't know anybody. I wasn't uh, didn't have Knights of the Squared Circle yet. I was just a, a fan. That was it. Just a simple fan who wanted to get involved. And I messaged a promotion that was a couple hours away and said, Hey, I'd love to come set up a ring for you and interview some of your talent. And they were gracious enough to, to let me come up. And that turned into me doing a VIP session with them. Now, the fun story here is we drove up at about... I want to say 5.36 in the morning to this promotion. And it took us about two and a half hours to get there. We show up, we set up the ring. Now, I had no idea what it took. I didn't understand the work ethic of getting involved in wrestling at that time. And we show up and I'm thinking, okay, I'll set up the ring, do these interviews. Long story short, I'm there for probably 13 hours from, uh, no, even longer actually, because we got there about eight o'clock in the morning and we didn't leave until after the show. So it, to me, I, I dragged my wife through quite a lot. Um, I don't drive personally, so she was a champion and drove through that entire ordeal. Drove me up there at you know six o'clock in the morning. Drove me back home at eleven o'clock that night. And by the time we got home at you know midnight, one o'clock, we were both beat. Uh, I think we've gotten hotels almost every time since then when we go to that certain promotion, just because it is a, a good distance away. But it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy that. Uh, 
for me, it's not a, it's not the wildest road story you'll ever hear, but I love that it shows. To me, I always thought that was such a big deal. And now in hindsight, now that I've gotten involved in the business and really traveled a lot, I see stories that trump that easily. On it, like almost everybody has a story that trumps that. And I always look back at that, thinking, "Man, this was such a crazy day." And now in hindsight, I'm like, "No, no, it wasn't. Not at all. That was a pretty tame act. A 13, 14 hour travel day is nothing compared to uh, the average road day in a wrestler's life." I'm looking forward to uh, to hearing these other road stories that you guys collect. Thank you so much for having me on. Hey yo, what's good Adam? It's Randy here. So I have a few stories, actually quite a few stories, um, but you know, y'all know anything about me, y'all know I ain't no snitch, so I ain't gonna, I don't know how much exactly I'm allowed to expose of all of those stories, so you know, because they involve a whole lot of different people, but one thing I can tell you about is with this one particular, okay, anyone that, that's in the wrestling industry professionally, y'all know that there's a lot of, um, Let's say interesting people, okay? There's a lot of interesting people involved in the wrestling industry. And this one person in particular, um, I ain't gonna name no names because I ain't trying to expose, but this person was a worker. And um, I knew him from like the you know the, the school that I trained at. You know, everybody who knows, like who knows, knows what I'm talking about. Um, this individual on several separate occasions just did a lot of, sh did a lot of shit that I was like, like, first of all, I, I went to a show with them once. Um, I forget which one it was, but like, we're all just crammed into a car. You know, usually that's how we do it up there. So uh, I'm in the shotgun position, and, um, you know, I just see another one good homie of mine sitting beside this individual. And, like, people are just talking and stuff. And this dude was a little bit off. You know, he'd always kind of like, he'd be a little bit of a quiet dude. And that's okay. That's cool. But like this man just casually like just staring at his phone, you know, he's looking at his phone like he's checking texts and stuff like that. I, I'm thinking, you know what I'm saying, he talked to his mom or something, you know, maybe trying to borrow $5 from, from somebody, I don't know. But um, he's on his phone and like you can see, and, and it was confirmed by this person that was beside him and, and from what I was seeing too, this man was just casually just watching like full on pornography on his cell phone. Like we're driving like four hours to a show. This motherfucker just pulling out his phone casually, just staring at like, I don't know anybody that really just pulls out a phone and starts watching porn like that, out the blue like that. Just, no, my boy is searching up and staring intently. Like my boy is staring at it. Like, you know, like like when your dog is staring at you while he trying to eat something. That's what he, and just for out the whole car ride. And like he's texting me like, yo bro, this dude just likes to watch all this kinds of, and all kinds of porn. Like, I ain't going into the details, but, it was the type of shit that was on some fetish type shit. I'm just like, all right, it is what it is. You do what you do, but like, like the man them are in the car and you just watching shit. Like we just, we talking, we shooting this shit and you just on your, you just right there, just pull up. You didn't even try to hide your shit. You didn't even try to turn to the side or nothing. You had your shit right out in front. Like, yeah, bitch, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm watching midget stuff. I mean, okay, let me, I'm not even gonna expose that. But look, he was doing that. And see the secondary thing about him that was kind of, kind of super weird. Like, like I said, um, I, I was at a training school with this guy. He, he visited the school I trained at, uh, Battle Arts, uh, uh, in the past. And, you know, they have showers and stuff there. So after practice, uh, we're all at the showers and, uh, you know, we're doing what we got to do. And I'm going there to take my shower. You know, I'm getting there to get set up. But I just see my boy. Uh, he's standing, like, out, the shower's running, right? He's standing outside of the shower in shorts and, like, some flip-flops or whatever, right? And, like, instead of taking an actual shower... My boy was standing outside the shower, reaching his hand inside, catching water in his hand, and shoving it down his pants. I, I, I could like y'all. I just turned the corner and like I almost slipped because I was like, "What the?" He 
because he wasn't just do, again this isn't some shit that he's doing oh for two seconds maybe he got an itch maybe he had a burnt I don't know this my, my man was standing there for at least two or three minutes just catching and he didn't take no type of shower like we had a full on we, we had a real practice we were sweaty you know there's rash guards like like we, we out here getting after you gotta you know take your shower if you're not gonna take a shower then take your ass on home but my boy was out here standing outside the shower grab catching water no soap mind you no soap and I think he went to the bathroom before that too. So he, he definitely got some, I don't know, poop particles or some shit. But he was catching water, rubbing his genitals with it, and just he repeated this process. And I couldn't even, first of all, I never used that shower after that point. I didn't use that particular like stall or area that he was at, because luckily there was multiple showers. But I never went into that specific one again because I just it just had bad juju. But yo, I just like, the, the, this man was doing, I just, I don't know, maybe that's not weird to y'all, but like to me, I'm just like, I, I, uh, like why? I don't, I don't know y'all, but yeah, that's, that's, I guess that's my story. Y'all, like, y'all, y'all follow me on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all that shit. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Again, 11 amazing, crazy road stories from the men and women here in Ontario Independent Wrestling. A big shout-out and special thank you to each and every one of them for taking time out of their busy days to be able to send in those amazing stories for the podcast. Of course, be able to find out everything, like I said previously in the episode, over on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Go to Instagram, find us on there. We are still doing our amazing uh, first 100 people that uh, like our Facebook, or sorry, our Instagram page rather, and uh, subscribe to it. We'll be entering a draw to be able to be in a chance to win a $50 Amazon gift card. So that's pretty awesome. And of course, go back in the archives. We have so much great content that we've been pumping out as of late. And uh, so much more is coming throughout the summer and beyond. So until then, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Adam Hayes. Thank you very much, and we'll catch you on the next one.